time flies so fast. It's already the last Sunday of August. How has your summer been so far? Now that we are nearing the end of summer, I hope you've all found some rest and are feeling refreshed. Some of you may not have had a chance, but I trust that the Lord will provide you with care that you need, allowing you to continue your journey with the Lord and your fellow brothers and sisters here. We need rest and refreshment in the Lord, not only during the summer, but also every week and every day, or even at every moment. And we make an effort to find the time to rest. Why is that? There are numerous reasons, but the most significant one is that we are living in this selfish, broken world. In this world, people are pursuing their own interests and desires. They are valued based on their performance, achievement, education, profession, wealth, and power. So they always focus their time and energy on them. They are easily tempted to do anything to beat others and obtain what they desire. This leads people to compare, criticize, judge, and compete against each other to prove they are better than others and to keep their pride. Consequently, this world becomes fiercely, fiercely competitive and ruthless. And every day, people carry heavy burdens and feel overwhelmed. As long as they are part of this world, there is no way to escape from their restless lives. If attaining the kingdom of God were like worldly pursuit, it would be, it would be a truly des, uh, desperate situation. Yet, the truth is that no one can enter the kingdom of God without His grace. And we need to speak, we need to seek God with a humble and repentant heart for His mercy. The way to the Lord is totally different from the ways of this world. This morning, we are continuing our sermon series, Summer Stories. We are going to look at the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector in the Luke 18. The Luke makes it clear that Jesus told this parable to a specific audience. Those who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on others. Let's see what Jesus says. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. 
two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. In the parable, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. During the time of Jesus, the Pharisees were a religious group within Judaism. They were influential religious leaders and scholars in their communities. Their direction and guidance for worship, prayer, and righteous living had a heavy influence on Jewish religious practices. They were respected for their deep knowledge of the law and traditions. And they were known for their dedicated commitment to living righteous lives. So they were highly respected among Jews and considered righteous in their effort to obey God. In contrast, tax collectors were viewed as the opposite. They bid for and purchased the right to collect taxes within specific regions. They worked closely with the Roman authorities to levy taxes on their fellow Jews. These taxes included various levies, such as poll taxes, land taxes, toll charges on travel, sales taxes, and inheritance taxes. The severe tax burden was difficult to bear and posed a significant financial challenge for the Jewish people. That was not all. Tax collectors often went beyond their contracted amount, employing dishonesty and deceit to take extra money for their personal profit. So tax collectors were seen as a corrupt, dishonest, untrustworthy, and were despised and considered as traitors. In verse 14, Jesus said that the tax collector went home justified before God. We are familiar with this parable and gladly accept Jesus' teaching that tax collector became righteous before God 
because of his humble and repentant heart and God's mercy on him, but not the Pharisee. However, for the Jews who were listening to Jesus at the time, it would have been hard for them to imagine that the tax collector could be considered righteous in the eyes of God rather than the Pharisee. It would have been an unexpected conclusion and shocking to them. And they must have struggled to comprehend it. Jesus was intentionally challenging their wrong notions of righteousness, religious hierarchy, and the way to the kingdom of God. In verse 11 and 12, the Pharisee says, The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. The Pharisees believed in the coming of the kingdom of God as a future event. They looked forward to a time when God's rule would be established on earth, bringing justice and righteousness. They believed that the observance of the law, including religious rituals and ethical conduct, would prepare them for this coming kingdom. They aimed to be spiritually and morally pure in anticipation of God's reign and considered righteousness, moral conduct, and religious piety as a prerequisite for entering God's kingdom. So their religious and moral achievement were very important to them. The prayer of the Pharisee in verse 11 and 12 was based on this religious belief. The Pharisee begins his prayer by boasting about his own achievement and righteous deeds. At the beginning, he praises himself for not engaging in simple activities and positioning himself as morally superior to others. Then he compares himself to a specific group of people, such as robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and tax collectors, and implies that he is more righteous than they are. His prayer includes judgmental language, as he criticizes the sins of others while exalting his own righteousness. Throughout his prayer, the Pharisee exalts himself above others. He states, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. This is a declaration of his righteous practices, and his good observance of the law. 
He believes these actions make him more righteous and deserving of God's favor. Self-righteousness self, uh, self and pride are the center of the Pharisee's prayer. He appears to believe that his own actions and virtues are sufficient for him to stand justified before God. There is no acknowledgement of his own need for God's mercy or forgiveness. And he does not approach God with humility. And there is no repentance or recognition of his personal sin either. He does not express a desire for God's forgiveness or a need for God's grace. His focus is solely on his own righteousness and pride. In short, in his prayer, the Pharisee boasts about his religious achievement, compares himself to others, judges them, exalts himself above them, and is proud of his superiority over them. Doesn't this kind of mindset sound very familiar? It is what we see and experience in this selfish, broken world every day. I said earlier, in this world, people are pursuing their own interests and desires. They are valued based on their performance, achievement, education, profession, wealth, and power. So they always focus their time and energy on them. They are easily tempted to do anything to beat others and obtain what they desire. This leads people to compare, criticize, judge, and compete against each other to prove they are better than others and to keep their pride. For the Pharisee in this parable, the way to the kingdom of God is just like worldly pursuing, worldly, worldly pursuits. This mindset is contrary to God's words, which commands us to love our neighbors. The Pharisee thinks he is true to the law, but does not see the law's intent for people to love their neighbors, which displays God's character. When we focus on our own interest and compete against each other, we feel, we feel a desire to promote ourselves. Then we begin to compare ourselves with other people which often tempt us to be critical, to find fault, to put others down or judge them. It leads, it leads us to self-righteousness or proud, 
which are sins. These sins started in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. In the beginning, they lived in the presence of God. There was a perfect relationship, a full connection among people and between God and them. But sin started when Adam and Eve wanted to be like God. They wanted their own self-righteousness and pride. They set their own direction and paid attention to what was pleasing to their eyes. What they desired became what was most important. They took what they wanted regardless of what the Creator asked them to do. Then God and people became disconnected. Relationships among people were also broken. People began to pursue their own interests and live restless lives, judging and competing against each other and pursuing self-righteousness and pride. No matter what or how much we do, no one can attain the kingdom of God with our, their own works. But we don't need to live like that anymore. Christ made a way for us to be reconciled with our Heavenly Father, who is the source of our salvation, identity, significance, and values, which are what God intended for us in the first place when He created us. When you humbly accept that Jesus did on the cross what you could not do for yourselves, but by his mercy and grace, your identity rests on your relationship with God. God is the center of your life, and your identity, your identity is found in him. No one can touch or change that. You are not valued based on your performance or achievement anymore. And you don't need to prove that you are better than others. In Christ, we love one another and serve one another. We celebrate the gift talents, and experiences that God has given us and use them for good or to bless others, to bring, the, bring glory to God. This is the life in the kingdom of God. In verse 13, the text collector prays, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
Unlike the Pharisee, the tax collector does not approach God with self-righteousness or pride. Instead, he stands at a distance, would not even look up to heaven, and beats his breast in an expression of sorrow and repentance. This physical posture reflects deep humility and a sense of unworthiness. He prays, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He acknowledges his own sinfulness. He fully understands that his own righteousness falls short. In contrast to the Pharisee, the tax collector does not list his achievement or compare himself to others. He does not attempt to justify himself or his actions. Instead, he places himself entirely at the mercy of God. The core of the tax collector's prayer is an appeal for God's mercy. He does not plead for justice or fairness, but asks God for his compassionate forgiveness. This request for mercy shows that he is entirely reliant on God's grace. This prayer also demonstrates genuine repentance. He expresses remorse for his sins and a desire for a fresh start with God. His attitude reflects a willingness to turn away from his sins and seek a new righteous life. But he does not dictate to God how he should be judged or treated. Instead, he trusts in God's judgment and mercy. He accepts that he is ultimately up to God to decide his fate. In verse 14, Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus makes clear that God sees our hearts, our humility, and our recognition of our need for His grace and mercy. This parable is a message of hope, grace, and transformation, inviting us to live a life in genuine humility and love for one another. Because the kingdom of God is accessible to all who seek God with a humble and repentant heart, seeking His mercy and forgiveness. 
Today is the last Sunday of August, and I'd like to encourage you to encourage you to have time to reflect on your life and examine where your heart is. Turn to God and ask Him for His mercy and put trust in Him. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank You for the message of hope and grace for today. We humbly seek Your guidance. Help us come to You and others with humility, grace, and love. May we always strive to recognize our need for Your mercy and share and extend it to those around us. In your name we pray. Amen.